The best part of your week is about to begin. This is the time where we talk shop, swap stories, and share lessons from our wild adventures in the creative industry. With each and every lovingly crafted episode, we strive to bottle that magic, warm, electric feeling you get after coffee with a new friend or attending a fantastic breakout session at a creative conference. You might start as strangers, but you'll leave as friends. Buckle up, settle in, and get ready for this episode of Making a Mark. Hello and welcome, gang. In the words of the late, great Mr. Rogers, it truly is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I'm so excited to be back in the saddle. I've missed you guys. I know it was literally only a week, and technically we did have an episode last week where we talked about the name change. If you missed that, there's it's really easy to find it. Um, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing, cool, calm, and collected co-host, Ashley Almer. Hello. Can I just say that the... Um... The intro is exactly the same, except for it just changed out with making a mark. I was very surprised. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about Bruna. If you can't guess uh, from this point of the show already, uh, you know, my main, mine and uh, Ashley's main salary is not paid by making a mark. Uh, so we're <laughs> definitely trying to run and gun this puppy with as much quality and effort and uh, intentionality as we can. Uh, but sometimes that means you're 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 swapping out little sound bites in the intro, and yeah, uh, sometimes you've got the wrong background on the streamyard uh, from the old episode. <laughs> Who knows, man? I it's about it the. I like. Wednesday. I'm I'm super excited about the new artwork, though. I I think it came out pretty cool. Yeah, I, I am. I mean, you're you're really patting yourself on the back here, but yes, you did a fantastic <laughs> job with the new cover art. Ash, I, I legit <laughs> love it. Um, you, I mean, you, 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 you know, took it to the next level and you've made all these other things too. So, and you made yeah, the little ma'am, the little ma'am icon thing. So that's cool. guy. Yeah. I don't know how much he's going to be used, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. I mean, I really do think this was an interesting one, like collabing with another, like a lot of times you, you go into a creative project and you are either, you are like the recipient, like, Hey, build out things from this thing that we've already decided, or you're yeah. going into like, Hey, you're the quote unquote like expert in the room. Please give us the seed to go take it and run. And in this case, it was like, hey, like two two people that kind of know what they're doing, like pass it like hot potato in this thing. Mm -hmm. um, like you came up with like a killer thing. I came back with some notes and ideas, and then from there, I was like, okay, now what does this look like in this format, in this spot, in this spot? And yeah, it's been a little bit of an iterative deal. But um, I had uh, Carson Cooper. We need to have him as a guest on the show soon. He was roasting me. Because he said, I to just envision the uh, ideation process for this thing to be like Josh sitting at his computer going, hmm, what should we call it? Look at the make it pop name. We're like, ah, making a mark. <laughs> and this said, oh, you know, like the cover art for that one was uh, me and Trace's heads on a on a screen. He's like, hmm, yeah. what for the cover art? Hmm, oh, two heads. <laughs> Perfect. Like, Original. Uh, yeah, there you go. You. I hate you. <laughs> but yeah, so we, um, yeah, new name, same recipe. Uh, really excited about all this stuff. And I'm excited, as always, about the guests and the topic yeah, today. What yeah. is our topic? Um, we are talking about, and, and I know you just told me this a little five minutes ago, but I just want to make sure I remember it. We're talking about um, <laughs> designing either in church life or out of church life, right? Like comparing the two. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I think some of the defining the questions, what we'll be doing today, 
But one of our guests, uh, Mr. Kane, uh, has lovingly titled today's talk, The Devil's Business. That's what we'll be doing um, today. <laughs> We're probably going to get some some mail about that one. I don't know if anybody takes the time to actually send physical hate mail these days, but who knows? We're, we're, we're rough and tumble out here. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and bring on our lovely guests. We've got Yay. my girl, Nat yeah. Mack, my boy, Luke Tharp's office. The rapture happened. We all did not pass go. Did not collect $200. <laughs> uh guys it is great to have you um i know we've already kind of prepped you guys on what uh this kind of like cage match octagon style conversation it really is more like coffee with friends not we're not fighting we're not wrestling so much um but just to lay some ground rules here so we'll be all covering the topic um if you've seen the episode before you know that i am like outback steakhouse there are no rules i will just jump in and out between everybody but we are going to answer the question kind of around robin things we'll start with ashley then go to Jeff, then Nat, then Luke, and then me for my second dip at each uh, pass that we do. Cool. So, uh, yeah, Ash, let's go ahead and uh, jump on into this puppy. What do you think? Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, hold the phone. <laughs> I'm botching this thing hard, guys. All right. We don't know who our guests are. We have said their names, brought them oh, on stage. Oh, my goodness. Jumping the gun here. I am. So I was just going to roll with it too. I didn't even think about that, so I appreciate you catching that. Sometimes, sometimes you are too cool, calm, and collected. Actually, I need to be reined in a bit. I don't even know what we're talking about today. That's how cool I'm <laughs> collected. I am. I, that's how cool I am. I'm like, ah, I don't know, the true rock star of the group. All right, no, yeah, please, Jeff. Do you mind telling us uh, who you are, what you do? Just uh, introduce yourself to the townspeople. Myself yeah, being one of them. Yeah, of course. Uh, hi, my name is Jeff, or Jeff Kane is the full name, and I'm an illustrator, graphic designer. I make a lot of animated GIFs. Uh, he's highlighting some of my my work here on Instagram. You can follow <laughs> me there. And uh, let's see, I also do, yeah, so you're, I do- You're a TikTok I, celebrity also. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. initially one of the topics we were going to talk about was, was um, different platforms, right? So I used to just post like, visual work on um instagram but now that i'm on tiktok i spend too much time talking about my feelings and stuff but i used to work at a church i used to be in-house and now i am freelance graphic designer so do all kinds of design illustration stuff do a lot of animated gifs or gifs if you prefer so <laughs> yes that that is me i am fascinated to hear uh as we jump into the topic today some of your uh, like how the types of projects you get, how stuff comes in, like what it's like work, all yeah. that stuff. Because, you know, I see from the outside looking in, we were joking about like, I feel like I know you and we haven't actually exchanged words at all because I've watched, yeah. you know, 40 of your Instagram videos over the past couple of years. And yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, excited I'm just, to hear kind of like how you go from like TikTok jiffy uh, wizard to like employed dude, because that, yeah, that it, you are getting projects from it. And that's fantastic. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like um, and I mean, maybe it's just on social media. But for me, it looks like the stuff you work on is always like fun. Like it's always like like quirky, fun, like bright color. Like I'm interested in like how, you know, you you grow that client base and kind of where you kind of got your start with that. Yeah, sure. I mean, a little peek behind the curtain that uh, I, I do boring work too. I just don't post that stuff on social media because sure. I only 
post the work that like how dare you (laughs) you fraud uh yeah yeah i mean i'm guessing most most graphic designers can relate to that um and of course you know some some of the stuff i post on social media is client work a lot of it is just for fun work so there's there's the whole mix but yeah i only post the stuff that i really love which is the bright colorful fun stuff sure Sure. which i think is good though because that's yeah that's 30 peace signs as well oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, big advocate of, of squatting and making the peace sign. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my brand. You uh, also, this past summer, you also did like a crazy bike tour, right? Like up the coast of California? I did, yeah. I rode down the west coast of America. So started in Vancouver, Canada, and rode down um, Washington, Oregon, California, ended in Tijuana, Mexico. Oh my God. Um, on Sheesh. on my bike, yeah. And uh, my my wife was driving along, um, and she had like camping gear and stuff. So we would camp in tents um, along the no, way. That's, that's, that's still so hardcore. Cool. Don't try and like walk it back. Like that's still yeah. very hardcore. I, I say that I say that because a lot of people do this trip um, without a support vehicle. A lot of people literally carry their own camping gear and everything. So sure. I had a slightly easier time, but yes, still, I still yeah, pedaled the whole way, which was uh, super exhausting, but also. <laughs> super fun yeah that's awesome it seems so super cool. exhausting just to like google map street view your way that distance much less <laughs> actually uh ride a, a, a bicycle there but man yeah. that's awesome uh can't wait to uh learn some more about kind of peeking behind the curtain there yeah, heck yeah. uh now we're on to nat next where you at Boop. i have two accounts you know choose i don't know <laughs> hey i'm i'm nat maxi um and I, I'm originally from Honduras, but I've been in Georgia for like half my life. So, Wait, you're in Georgia with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. that's why we both are getting all the political ads, you know, like that's getting right. the text, getting the ads, getting like my kid, my, my elementary kid is like tired of the ads. He's like, you know, he knows both faces. He's mad at both of them. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> he's getting perfect propaganda. But my, um, my son is like, is that the guy that pointed the gun at his wife? Yeah, that's what he does. Bless he's America. like, what about this one? Yeah, he brings all the specific things about him. Perfect. So yeah, I'm, I'm an hour probably from you. I'm West. Okay. West Yo, we collabed on this like forever ago. Small yeah. world. Yeah. See, when y'all were talking about the logo, like what about the podcast logo, I was thinking, oh, you know, I did some collapse a long time ago. I would love to do that again because I forgot how fun that was. Because mm-hmm. I did one with yeah. you, I did one with JJ. And that was just fun. I used to post a lot more last year. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a designer and I'm an author. I work mostly with churches and nonprofit orgs. And I used to be in IT. I was uh, almost 10 years in web development and app management. I have my degree in computer science, but made the switch the last few years into design world. And I write as well with um, Broken Crayons as an organization for women. And I talk a lot about mental health and anxiety and also use my art to, you know, navigate all of that and express my experience and connect with others. And yeah. That is cool. It's reason 8,000 that I love uh, these moments is because like, I don't know, just unpacking people's story. Like, how did you like make it a big jump from IT? Like, you know what? I hate all of this. I want to draw pictures and you did it. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you you walk away from that chunk of life uh, with any level of like, like bitterness, like I hate it, like kind of 
break broken kind of deal. You're like, man, I was in the wrong seat for 10 years and now I'm in the right seat or, or is, is it, was it just kind of like a transition? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it was a mixture of both, but also, so I was in it forever. I thought I would be in it forever. Like I changed yeah. with, like ranges. I started programming, eventually moved to like front end development. Then it got mm -hmm. to management where I got introduced to like marketing and HR and other, you know, like creative areas that I was originally more into just the backend kind of things. And then I had two kids, which is the key component to my shift of careers. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought I was always going to be working full time in corporate. Like I thought it was like my little lane. I had my ideas, my goals. And then I yeah. had kids and they just disrupted my whole life. <laughs> and they be shaking things up sometimes. They did. They really shook me and said, you really are going to do this. Um, but God really used that. You know, I, that faith is obviously one of my key things. And I really felt like God used that moment to like check my heart. And also I went through a lot of burnout in corporate, mm. you know, um, Heard which that. Is, there's there's a lot of like you know boundaries and overworking myself and everything else within sure. there and so like i just took like two years at home with my kids i, I was able to come home okay. and then kind of like rearrange of like okay what do i want to do like what do i enjoy mm. and then i just started designing at home for myself started posting for myself with zero expectations of like oh i'm gonna go get clients it was I just like, like I need to find myself, find my inner, you know, outlet, inner healing yeah. and mental health stuff, this whole journey. And sure. eventually I connected with you guys through like, I didn't know there was a, inner, you know, like a community, a creative community. And then I slowly started getting clients. And that's how I started the transition. It was very unplanned and organic. So cool. I love that. That's so cool. So yeah, again, people, I don't know if anybody assumes there's more thought and strategy going into these episodes or not, but I, I did not realize some of those things about your your kind of story here. So yeah, you've got a great perspective as well to speak into church work versus regular work or yeah. uh, other other dirty dealings. <laughs> Luke, my guy, tell me, a, tell me a thing about you. Tell me something I've never heard about you. Uh, so much like Nat, I was also in IT. I worked for what? Yep. <laughs> I worked for a uh, a company that builds warships out of Pascagoula, Mississippi. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um yep. So I did that and then moved into ministry actually from there. And then now I uh I work full time for, for my local church here and I do social management for some artists and then I do uh content creation and uh marketing for for mainly Christian artists, but I also do a lot of stuff for for churches and then some secular artists as well. Um, but a lot in the in the music industry, I do a ton of cover art, and tour art, things like that. Um, but what you don't know about me is is, uh, is probably that fun little tidbit that I worked you on a naval field. yard. That's cool. Yeah. Were you in the navy? Is that how you got connected? I was them? not. I definitely okay. was not. No. Sure. Uh, you're just, you're just I a was, battleship enthusiast. I was just a hundred yards from them, though. Um, okay. Yeah, so I just did IT work, mainly like dispatching people to fix people's computers and all of that fun stuff. But today, if I run off camera, it's because I'm here with my daughter and she likes to throw things around and need help. So <laughs> if you see me depart, I will be back. But that's just what's up. I feel you, dog. I feel you. Well, cool yeah. guys. Thank you all for uh, making the time to do this today. I'm yeah, thank you. Um. Ashley, you're up first. Let's talk about uh let's talk about this puppy. The difference between 
your work for churches versus working for everyone else? Sure. Um, for me, um, and I mean, I've talked about this a little bit in the past, like I've never been on staff at a church. Um, I think I actually said this on the last episode or two episodes ago, the only two jobs, like as far as creative that I've ever applied for that I did not get was for churches. Um, which is funny. Like, I don't know, I guess I just wasn't cut out for it or whatever, but, um, I don't know the difference now. Cause I, I do obviously do work for, um, some, some churches, not so much as much churches anymore, but more so clients that are like authors that are Christians or, you, you know, Catholic or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I guess the difference is, is the, I don't know, like the intention of the design, like the meaning of the design, I guess is different. As far mm -hmm. as like my interaction with the client, it's like the exact same. Like there's no, no difference. Like I obviously, you know, talk to them the same and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is that kind of like what, what we're like going for? Like what the difference is as far as like client interaction? Well, yeah, if that's how you want to oh, take the question. That's, that's how I'm going for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What about All you, right. Jeff? Uh, yeah, well, so I proposed this topic because, um, <laughs> Josh and Ash, I knew both of you guys because we were all kind of like Christian graphic designer content creators, uh, back in the day. And this has been, a, I guess, relatively recent, like personal development with me. I've been exploring my faith right now. Like I, I used to be a Christian and work in churches and no longer, uh, believe or no longer, I'm sure that I believe anyway. Sure. And I felt kind of a, a crisis of conscience about that of like, am I like actually doing a good thing here by creating content for churches? So that was part, part of the reason for my departure. And of course, like I've uh, struggled with all this. I remember I made a, a post about this and Josh, you commented like, oh, sad to see you go, something like that. Um, and then I commented, the best you know, comeback ever. <laughs> one, once a church graphic designer, always a church graphic designer, I think, or something like that is what I said. Yep, that was it. Uh, always a part of the fold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, it, you know, for as much as I'm personally kind of like in the wilderness right now in terms of what, what I believe, yeah, I still feel like that kinship. Of course, like many of my friends in real life are people that I still know from my past yeah. church job and stuff like that. And I, yeah, I still do like some projects for churches, honestly, but okay. no longer, no longer on staff anyway. So yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. I just uh, did some preamble for it. No, that, that's great. And I can relate to uh, we're in some ways we're like ships passing in the night because I kind of came from the opposite direction. I was working in advertising mm -hmm. uh, and then realized like, I think one of the times it really hit home for me is when I was working on ads for personal injury attorneys. And I was like, I'm really perpetuating something I don't believe in here. Um, like I need to get some <laughs> other things in place. Like that wasn't like the, the, the wake up call or like the big impetus, but it's tough to pour your soul into something. You're like, man, I disagree with this. I can't get behind it. Mm -hmm. um, which is an interesting thing about, I mean, I guess, I guess that's true for every job. We romanticize design and creative work for like, I can't do it if I don't believe in the cause, but like, I think I'm, I'm sure other people have similar qualms. Like, Hey, I'm cooking the books for the mafia. Uh, my morals and my <laughs> job title don't really like line up here. I think everybody has that level of conflict at some point, but I guess you just took it, this, yeah, it is. designing it is. for attorneys <laughs> and cooking the books for the mafia. <laughs> I go, I go, or is it? Or is it? Somebody has been speaking better calls lately. It's, uh, no, I mean, there's a difference in attorneys 
and personal injury lawyers. And the words that I have heard them like come out of their mouth in meetings behind closed doors are like truly abysmal and soulless, um, usually about their clients and just like mm-hmm. the zero percent of respect they have for them and what they're whatever. That's a whole separate thing. <laughs> hey, we talked about the devil's business today. <laughs> we did. Uh, no, yeah, that, that uh, I hear you though. There, Nat. What about you? How are you? How maybe that's the thing is how would you define this question? Like, what what angle jumps out at you about it? So, like to me, I haven't worked in like when I worked in a non-church or non-faith related areas, it was not design work. But I did work with other designers, and so I have more of a experience of like working with people. Cause I've been freelancer. So I'm, I've never worked as part of a staff in a church. My husband staff, is a yeah. pastor though. So like okay. he's had to deal with multiple hats. Like he's done design work, even though his, his degree is not design work. So like, I've seen a lot of the church role behind the scenes. So like my perspective is more of that kind of thing. I've seen like people who have no design skills have to come up with stuff in a church because there's no budget to hire someone. So yeah. like mm-hmm. to me that that's where the, when you said the question that, that I thought about that kind of thing of like oh like in in church world is kind of like a small business where you don't have the you know, the resources or the time to do the proper like let's hire a designer let's do branding let's do all the little guidelines that have a brand guide it's more like baby. yeah you just are winging it in like whether before maybe it was like you know using Word or like kind of like older just hey let's just throw stuff in a document now you have Canva and so it's more disjointed of like, you have several people within a church just throwing stuff out there. Like we got to communicate. It doesn't matter if it looks good or if like there's a branding style. Um, And whether in my corporate experience, it was very specific. We have to pass stuff through legal and like HR, like there were a lot of steps and it was more boring work, design work, because you had to stick with so much red tape. It was very a lot of red tape and obviously the branding, you know, like I work for a wire company. So like it's not an exciting kind of marketing, like everything had to be a particular way. So there's pros and cons to both, you know, as long mm-hmm. as it's a healthy church or a healthy business and like there's not toxic relationships and like you're not, you know, um, getting abuse in some sort of like relationships. I think there's pros and cons to both. So I've seen both worlds. And it, to me, I'm enjoying working as a freelance because I, I figure out that like after working years in like business, I got bored really quickly without knowing, like I just was kind of like doing the routine and doing things, you know, and like I enjoy having multiple projects and multiple things and multiple intentions. And, um, but I did relate when you said that Josh about like working, like selling your soul for the design. Like I struggled really hard when I started designing of like, I got a few questions from different potential clients with things that I did not per se like align value wise. And I struggled because I was like, I don't know if I can do design work because I, if I align myself with it, I I'm all in, like Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate. I love learning who my client is and like doing stuff together. And so like, I have a hard time with like, okay, I don't really align with that, but I need the job. Like word. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely related to that kind of thing when you mentioned it. Yeah, that uh, I've really loved what you said, too, about, um, you know, it matters a lot less what you're doing in terms of like, is it a good job or not? Um, And like what stacks up and what really matters is like, is it healthy there? Is the culture right? Are you appreciated? Are the processes like like, do you have a good boss manager person like that matters so much more than Mm -hmm. 
a lot of the other pieces. Like you can go work at a quote unquote, like boring place and have really good culture. And uh, that stuff is, is amazing. And on yeah. the, on the flip side of that, you could work at work for some of these people that everybody like wishes they had those jobs. And you're like, this is toxic and horrible. Yeah. I'm working 80 hours a week. And like, I have no family life and, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I had to learn that because again, like my goals and growing up and everything that I had, you know, younger was like, I just want to be in corporate. I want to rise the, the ladder. Like I had different priorities. And so like now I'm, I value more of my flexibility, you know, like, mm-hmm. can I, can I have fun with it? And like, I may not be in the same, you know, climbing the ladder and like, you know, when you talk yeah. about finances and that same that I had in a corporate world. Now I have other priorities and I value ladder, other things. Ladder looks real different freelancing. Yes. Wait, is everybody here full-time freelancer? Did I miss that? Yes. Luke, Luke, you're on staff. Luke's on staff. Luke's, yeah. Luke's still got a day job keeping, keeping us all anchored. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Whew, that was a close <laughs> one. That was a close one. Can we can we have your health insurance, Luke? <laughs> oh, holy smokes. That's the talk I want to have is health insurance. Actually, I don't want to have that talk. I just want to keep burying that conversation until I absolutely have to have it. Luke, how about you, dog? What's your hot take on this just out of the gate? Uh, so I do work for church. I think the difference in church work and non-church work is just a different level of ownership. Maybe, maybe for me, especially because it is my church and I have a very high standard for it. And I like, I think I've told you this before, but you could say the word excellence and you hear it in lowercase. I see it in all caps. It's the same word, but they read very differently. And for my church, I have a a standard that I keep, but for clients, I have to meet their standard Mm. and their standard may be a different definition of excellence. And I just have to be okay with that. But the ownership level, I think is just different. But then again, my church clients and my secular clients, the difference is secular clients are flat out easier to work with because, yeah, because churches, they have that level of ownership. Secular clients are like, here's the paycheck. Here's the deadline. We, We hired you for a reason. You know, whereas church clients is I love them. I love them to death and I will grind it out as long as they want me to. They're yeah. usually the kind that's like, hey, we're trusting you with our brand. We're trusting you with whatever. Can you join this Slack channel? Can you join this whatever? Mm. Where I'm working with national multi net, like multi country clients right now that are saying like, you know, here's one whatever. email with what we need. Let yeah. us know when you're done. We'll send the check. Mm. So. Both are those fun. Of you listening, Both are challenging, but they are uh, they're different. They're very different. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's so for those of you listening to the podcast, as Luke is saying that everybody's heads are emphatically nodding. And I want to I want to unpack that more as we kind of go around next pass here. But really quickly, can we go through and say, like, what are your. Mm, no, no, we'll save that. We'll save that. Um, yeah, that, that that's interesting, though. And I have I think that you're like note on like ownership versus is this just a job like that definitely plays a dynamic there too yeah um my answer to definitely like i walked in from a week of vacation yesterday and i saw something on the screens that had been changed just a minor tweak but i was like okay i'm gonna go fix that 
You like Steve right, Jobs did. Yeah, I was like, right away, I'm gonna tables. go take I'm gonna go take care of this. Um well I was in church, so I was Jesus flipping tables that time. But um but usually other clients they'll take my work and then they'll change it. I don't really care. Hmm. That's another little fun dynamic. I've definitely seen some of my stuff go out the door where I'm like, oh, you can remove the tag on that. You don't have to put my name on it. Yeah. So I think a good uh, parallel to that for the us freelancers would be um, like your own personal brand. So like I am more protective and intentional because like the buck stops here kind of thing with like a bright coal thing that is happening. Whereas if a client says like, hey, we hate this, change it. I'm like, eh, I mean, it's your your job, right? Like I did, might disagree. I might like wave the flag and like say why I did something. But like you're, you know, you're the boss kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. similar to what you're talking about, depending on what seat you're in, whether it's church, business, agency, whatever. If you have ownership and are like trying to think long term about building a brand, uh, it is a different kind of set of priorities there. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest differences that I know from church, because I've, I've been on staff at a church. It was one of my first jobs. I was like cutting grass and playing music and teaching music and going to college and graphic design. Like it was a it was a mess, baby. But uh, one of the biggest differences that I knew from churches that size back then and agencies back then is agencies have like a game plan and a process and there is a way of doing things and a set of standards and expectations that I walk to pretty much every table expecting, but I realized after working with enough churches, like, Oh, that's not the norm. And in a lot of cases, like ministries are reinventing the wheel because nobody in the conversation has like ever been in anything else. Like they're kind of like organically growing a process or winging it every week. Um, just because they don't know any different. And that's not a slight mm-hmm. on it. It's just, that's one of the biggest differences in my mind is uh, organizations that do or don't have a process or have experience outside of that organization's way of doing something. Yeah. All right. So let's get into kind of the, the thing that everybody got hyped about a second ago. Um, the it, it, non-church clients being easier. Mm. And what, what the, what the rationale is there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say, I agree. I think the way Luke put it is um, with ministry, definitely there is more of an ownership there. Like they, uh, I don't know, like, like at least for me, like, like I said, I've never been on staff, but um, working like with ministries or churches, it's more so they, they bring you on as like, Hey, you're a part of the team, like for this, you know, project or whatever. So there's difference there, but I will say like throughout the years, like owning our screen printing business back in the day and mm-hmm. well, I'll even take it way back. Even when we used to book shows, right. We would work with secular bands all the time, but we would also work with Christian bands. 100% the most terrible people I've ever met in my life were Christian bands. 100%. Oh. Not all of them. Not oh. all of them. There are some. Oh, it hurts. Great. But I'm just saying. <laughs> It's, it was more so, I don't know. It was almost like they had like this, like pompous attitude, like that they were like more righteous than like us as promoters or even like our team and stuff. Oh, so there was, there was like, there's a few artists, but again, most of them were great, but just, there was some, but also in screen printing, like we majority, we worked with churches and a lot of uh-huh. you know other, you know, organizations, businesses, the most picky clients were definitely churches. Like, 
overall. They were always very nitpicky about um, products and stuff. Um, but as far as now, like freelancing design wise, like, I don't know. I think it's kind of equal for me. Like there's mm. like, my clients are so great. Like they're always like really chill for the most part. Um, and there's a little, you know, sometimes there'll be people who are a little more nitpicky, but it's on both sides. It's not necessarily like sure. I haven't experienced one or the other now, but I will say in the past, definitely churches were a lot harder to work with for sure. Man. And we wonder why people are upset with the church. Like when we like act like that in all of these other contexts, especially yeah. for people like you go to like maybe at, not Ashley, like a uh, secular and that's always an odd, been an odd word to me. You yeah. go to a secular screen printer as a church band or whatever in 2008. And then you just act, act like an absolute poop. And like, yeah. this has been my first and only experience with a Christian or a church. And that was horrible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Like, good job, guys. Good mm -hmm. freaking job. For sure. um, yeah, this is this is interesting. Super interesting. And because I have a very different experience. And but I want to I think some of it, though, is the sauce. Like, Ashley, you're talking about like your clients now are uh, like they kind of flow with you a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. part of that is you've been building a brand and establishing like, this is me. This is how I operate. This, this is the kind work, of things yeah. to expect. This is my work. And so people come to that and expecting that, wanting that. So that no matter what your situation is or what you're offering people, that's always going to result in a lot more like smoother relationships and transactions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't start day one with that. And if you're plugged into an organization, you don't get to call all those shots. Like you've got a job, you got a hat to wear, do the thing. Yeah. Um, but that is, that is kind of an interesting component of some of our stories is like people are hiring us for our style or our personality or our process or some amalgamation of the three. Yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. So, so many thoughts. I feel like it could be kind of um, the, a cultural thing with just the, the mindset, right? Like you were talking about um, church being more like a family. So I feel like within mm -hmm. a church context, there's a little bit more of an openness to like bring your thoughts and feelings to creative projects versus um, mm -hmm. secular clients. Oftentimes, you know, they treat it more like a business, like they treat you as a professional if they're hiring you. Um, and I, I mean, also like leadership, right? Just like, obviously, like every church is different. Every client is different i should say this i've had plenty of high drama like secular clients as well um so you know this we're speaking in generalities here yeah uh, I've, sure. of course that's a that's a very common part of a church business model is that like if it's like a mega church that has a creative team maybe there's people who like went to business school for for the creative arts uh department but still mm -hmm. like the the main honcho on top is probably going to be the senior pastor who's the person who like went to seminary and has public speaking skills and is very charismatic, <laughs> but is not like necessarily a creative design thinker, not necessarily right. like a business person, but they take on the role just by default of like mm -hmm. CEO, uh, business person, yeah. which, you know, and which they may not be um, necessarily skilled at. Yeah. What you got Nat? Great points, Jeff. I'm, I'm kind of like Ash on the, the freelance part. I haven't had much, different interaction when it comes to the actual clients. Cause I've only been freelancing for a, the last few years, a couple of years. And so like, I've had really great churches work with me. Um, and it is kind of like, I do agree on like the whole, like you come with more of a family, like it's more, it's more connected than like, here's your job and like transactional, I think might be more secular or whatever. But 
I've had really good churches and really good organizations. And even though it's been a closer relationship, it has been healthy as far as I've been involved. So I don't have much to say whether, you know, either way. I haven't had many non-Christian or non-faith related clients. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So like, yeah, you've got your IT experience. Yeah. Um, and I, gotcha. ha- there was drama there too, you know, like not with me personally, like I am very, I don't like drama. Like as a person, I kind of stay away from really dramatic people. So like, I didn't have any like really hard things relationship wise there. And um, I did go to, maybe that's what my experience is probably very similar on both ends very much like family, like the company that I work with was a family mm-hmm. business for many years. And it was when I first was hired, it was very much like everybody's a family kind of thing. And so maybe that's why I don't see much of a difference because it's been that way from my both sides of those, those working. words send me scared running every time. Now, now I'm like, Ooh, red flag, but you know, I, <laughs> back then but, you're like, Oh, perfect. Perfect. But then it was great, especially, easy. Yeah, I, you know, that was my first job from college. I worked in the same company for 10 years. And I was coming from Honduras when it's a Latin culture is very much like everybody's a group and a family. So, like, it was like a natural progression. Now I'm yeah, like, okay. oh, I don't know <laughs> if I would. Yeah, but your family company. sucks. I don't want to be a part of yours. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm my like, family's well, great. We got each other's backs. Your family's just slack. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, now I'm like, oh, let's do boundaries, you know, because there's, I think Ooh. they were. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And it might be in both ways. And also like my, like I mentioned, my husband's a pastor. So I've seen several churches and like, I think that part of it is probably when it comes, there's a lot of like, there's not a lot of boundaries because it's the culture, like you're more of a family or like, you know what I mean? Or like you need to rely on more volunteers because we don't have the budget to hire the a designer who went to college. Um, so maybe I've just seen problematic on both sides. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, um, I think, I don't remember who said it, but I mean, it's all a mixed bag. Like, you know, there's going to be fantastic church clients and fantastic business clients and nonprofits. And there's going to be terrible versions of those as well. Um, And especially like depending on your sample size, like, or, you know, experience in in working in those, like it's, you might have a lot more of one or the other got really burned by one or, you know, it's an isolated experience. That's a big, you know, right in your face or whatever, but that makes sense. Um, I, I was laughing too because you said you when you talked about like oh I got boundaries now. Just imagine like oh we've released the new Nat Maxi action figure now with boundaries. Like I love the I know. <laughs> I've been new feature for twenty twenty three. It took me too long, but here we are. You know, like oh that's a thing. You need it. You know. <laughs> but here we are. But no, like I mentioned, all my clients thankfully have been really good interactions. So I don't. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. that's cool. How about you, Luke? Overall, uh, yeah. better, overall, better relationship overall, with churches I've had or pretty good experience. But I think part of it for all of us <clears throat> is kind of on us to do some due diligence going forward because, like Nat has talked about, and I hate to be the millennial using the word boundaries too, but like just as I'm getting older, I'm learning the kind of creative that I am and the things that I need in jobs. And it's on us to communicate those things. And so a lot of churches are still playing catch up like they they're catching up to they've always done things the way that they were and it was working. And now all of a sudden they're moving to this new everything's creative, everything's online. Mm -hmm. And I think over the past two years uh, through COVID, which was terrible, obviously, it was a great thing for the creative community because it let the world at large see how much they need creatives 
Hmm. And the church's doors stayed open by and large because of creatives. Like we were carrying it online. We were carrying it with social and sending out invitations to like online meetups and all this kind of stuff. And so through those two years, which is when I was really kind of growing in creative, my clients started treating me a lot better because Mm. of the necessity of them needing me and like, and needing Mm. guys like you. And, and, um, so over that time, they all kind of gained a new respect. So I think the past year and a half for me have been pretty breezy because clients respect us a lot more and they're willing Mm. to, to abide by those boundaries. Mm. Um, and I think that is due mainly because they realize now how much they needed us. And so, um, put some respect on it. Yeah. And so because, because of that, I now have like the boundaries or whatever that I, I set for myself with my clients. Mm. And if they don't meet that criteria, there's tons of other people that are probably suited for that job. So I'll take some of the ownership for a bad interaction because I had set those boundaries up front. But, um, I got you, but yeah, by and large, it's been, it's been really, really good. Hmm. I'm going to step off for one second to, to take care of a little, a little girl in the next room, get her (laughs) some snack and then I'll be right back. Yo, a snack in a movie is fixes many, many problems. (laughs) How about it? Um, can I, can I say something I've been thinking about with, with all this conversation is I wonder if some of like the nitpickiness that you experience with working for churches comes from a place of insecurity. Um, Ash, when you were talking about like Christian bands being more high mm. drama than the secular bands, it made me think of, I used to feel that way about myself. Like, uh, I mean, I still to this day have intensive imposter syndrome all the time, but when I was working at a church, I always felt like, am I a decent graphic designer or am I just good enough for a church? Right. Mm. Because there's this idea of like Christian rock. Dang. is the, Okay. It's like a watered down version of real rock and roll. (laughs) And uh, I want to say full respect to all of you. I feel like you guys do legitimately good work. You guys are not just like good for church work. You're not good for church. You're just decent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do feel like that's, um, I mean, of course, every church is is different and has different like levels of how much they prioritize creativity. But I, I do feel like churches have caught up and have like the, kind of developed and come into their own more in recent years and are less kind of like chasing the trends or like doing parodies of real world TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I know exactly I feel what like you're talking about. Which I feel like is a healthy place for the church to be. But anyway, I just, I wonder if, have you guys ever felt that, that level of insecurity when like working for a church or doing, you know, Christian content? Sure. That um, is I super mean, interesting note. And yeah, I mean, I, I love that you brought that up. Go ahead, Ash. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I feel, I think I feel that insecurity, like in general, just like always thinking like, oh, I don't know if what I'm creating is as good as, you know, as it could be or whatever. But yeah, but back to your point about the, um, the Christian bands in the back in the day. Yeah. I mean, maybe that, maybe that that's a good point. Like you said, like maybe there was an insecurity there. It was, like I said, 90% of them were awesome. They were like, super good people. Um, but it was just the ones that were terrible were Christian bands. And it was, and it was at the time they were like, I don't know, just almost super pompous. Like as far as like, cause it wasn't like merch. We were working with them. It was, we are booking shows for them and they were, I don't know. They were just very pompous. I know what it is. I know what it, or I have a, I have a strong theory here. Uh, especially in that situation, is it is 
the size of your pond. And in church world, you've taken a huge chunk of the market and church, unlike every other industry, like say you're like into coffee or like, hey, I design for musicians or whatever. You have no problem cross pollinating and talking to other people. But in church world, it's kind of taboo to have Jeff Kane on the call here. It's you're not supposed to be friends with people who don't like toe the party line. Right. And so like there there it is a pretty natural thing for somebody who grows up as a church designer or as a like band or like a worship band leader. You're like everybody you're looking at, especially back when you're talking about Ashley, everybody you're looking at, you're comparing yourself to all the other church designers or all the other people in a smaller pool. And so then if you actually do find any level of success or talent or have eight people tell you good job, you then like just head swells, especially if your heart's in the wrong place. Right. And so I think that a lot of what we're talking about, whether it is we don't have good processes, we don't know how much to pay people. We have bad ideas that we feel strongly about. We're running this thing like a family business. Um, we are just absolute pains to work with. Those are all things that come from you not poking your head up above sea water, sea level and like seeing how other people do it, realizing how small you are in the context of the rest of the world. Because I've joked plenty of times, I would say, um, like I, I've approached the church world on purpose. I said, in in the entire like spectrum of logo designers, I'm probably like a, a middle of the pack, baby. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a strong C plus, right? Um, but then you take me over into church space, whoo, I look like a gym, right? Just because like it's devo- like I'm, I don't Big know that many. small pond kind of thing. Exactly. Right? Like I yeah. jumped over in the small pond. It's like, hey, now I get to feel huge. But like, you know, I keep myself balanced or try to by talking to, like always chasing people that are running way faster, right? And staying hungry and curious and like trying to do that. But if you're not aware that there are ponds bigger than yours, then it really changes your perspective on every single part of this conversation that we're having. And that's the show today, guys. Thank you for, I'm just kidding. Um, Sorry, I had to mute because my dog was, my, my dog's barking. No, you're good. You're good. Um, do you guys agree? Whoa, Colin Smith in the chat is with LaCroix Church of Cape. Yo, LaCroix Church. I need to know more about this, Colin. Was this named before or after the rising <laughs> epidemic of, uh, or the rising success of, of bubble water bubbles as my children call them we're big uh uh off-brand Lacroix drinkers in the whiting household <laughs> here uh no uh yeah do you guys think that my my hypothesis is correct or founded or like i i, I think everybody also deals with imposter syndrome i, I don't want to underscore or uh yeah. undermine that i think we all deal with that but i think imposter syndrome is a super different thing from just blindness and unawareness of, you know, where you exist on the spectrum of talent and processes and yeah, stuff. For sure. No, I agree. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think for me, like when you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like even for me as a designer, like jumping into like the, I think it was more so like the Instagram community of like, you know, pro church, creative church, this like whole community we have online, like Christian creatives. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think definitely when I jumped into that, it like yeah. that I made me feel like, oh yeah, okay. Like I feel like I can kind of stand up and be like, this is I'm I'm good at this. Whereas if I feel like I put my work next to, you know, I don't know, like so like for instance, like I always draw inspiration from like tattoo art, right? Like I love like I just think it's amazing what they do. 
Like if I was to like, so I watched, okay, for instance, I watched the show Ink Master. It's my favorite show of all time. Duh, it's so yeah, good. It's so good. Um, but I watched these artists and I'm like, if I was to stand next to them and try to even like compete in any way, I would look like such an idiot. Like I have no <laughs> talent as far as that goes. Like I can illustrate, but not like that. You know what I mean? So like, again, right. like, it depends on the spectrum you're like in. So yeah, I don't know. I guess there is a little bit of that as far as the. Yo, Christian. to piggyback off of that, I think that there's, there's to be healthy, you got to hold two things. And so often people hold one. You got to hold like, I know where I am in the food chain, but also the food chain doesn't matter a lot. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, you need to know and be chasing and like going, but like, you know, we we're talking about like, I think it was even before we started recording, like, I don't know what day I'm going to feel like a real designer, but I don't know if I'm there yet. And like, there really is, there's no finish line, right? Everybody yeah. just keep mm -hmm. running that way. Like keep chasing, keep going inward, onward, upward, however the, the, the phrase goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think that the the small business thing, I'm realizing I, I forgot to have my controversial hot take in during my segment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll it back real quick here. Um, I have overall had better experiences with churches than I have with businesses. Hmm. And my theory on that, and I've also my like lowest points, and I've never been screamed at by a church, right? I've had some like business agency clients like say horrendous things to me in a room before and like mm. yell and like like pitch a fit. Right. That's never happened in church context. I've had people say, like, hey, we're not happy. I'm like, cool. Like, let's fix it and like figure it out. Um, but it, it, like the the amount and the volume and volatility of my church relationships are not uh, the same as what I've experienced in, in business world. And I think part of that is business world was younger Josh. Um, and I'm also in a market, like we're in a, we're a fairly medium sized city, like we're, we're pretty hefty, but it is also in a bubble. And so a lot of the businesses that I work with that are local are mom and pop, small, good old boy system type of things, which is like. I think you froze. It's Josh frozen for the rest of you. <laughs> hey, gummy. You. Okay, you froze. You're back. <laughs> I, was on a, I was on a freaking roll, man. Um, the secular media trying to shut you down, man. <laughs> dang. Freaking Elon Musk. Get out of here. No, wait. He's trying to... I don't know who's on what side anymore. I've stopped listening to everyone. Um, the Yeah, so I was basically just saying like Augusta is kind of like a, a small, small town bubble too. So a lot of that like small family run business thing, fly in your agency by the seat of your pants. Um, everything is chaos. And that is just the normal way of business. Like that is my experience working in business. I said, whoo, that's crazy. Let me have some really intentional processes come in and start day one of this type of work with 10 years of experience and like really intentional and like give the pathway for clients to win on a process. And so like that has largely shaped probably why I'm having a different thought or reaction to mm -hmm. other people who might've had a kind of a flipped version of that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I was going to say, I'm noticing in the, um, the comments, uh, Dustin was talking about where he's from and like how, I mean, like you just touched on it a little bit too, like where you're from, how that kind of determines um, the type of work you're getting, but also like the client's experience. Um, 
So I, I don't know. I don't know if we want to kind of touch on that too. I thought that was kind of interesting how he's saying in West Virginia, secular or West you know, Virginia businesses don't pay mama. I, I fully expect if I came to visit you in West Virginia and I like walked into a gas station and sang a line of that song, like I want the whole gas station to like <laughs> jump in with me and like chorus together. Cause I, I gotta believe it's like Alabama, like sweet home Alabama, like everybody <laughs> jump in there. Um They've embraced yeah, that's it. One of, They're not one sick of my of it. favorite songs. If you one did that here in, in, in Albuquerque, you'd probably get shot. <laughs> <laughs> if I sang West Virginia. Like, no, if you just came in singing in a, in a gas station, you'd probably get shot. <laughs> People would be like, no, not dealing with no, it. Not having it. Uh, well, okay. The dream lives on elsewhere. No, but I will say, like, I was going to say this. Cause it made me think of that because they're saying where they're from. I have a client of mine who is um, just a, a corporate business. There are like Christians who are on the team, but it's okay. the actual business itself is not. Um, but, and they're, they're honestly like one of my best clients I've ever had, like just because they're super um, hands off and just very easy. And they love, like just love everything I do and stuff. But he was giving me advice um, when I first started working with him, because we were talking about like how much I was going to charge and all this stuff. And he was saying, he's like, you have to think when you're as a freelancer, when you're charging a client, think of where they're from, like in the nation. Right. So he said, Yo. if they're on the West coast, mm -hmm. if they're in California, charge them more. If they're in New York, charge mm -hmm. them more. If they're middle, like, you know, Midwest, maybe a little bit less Southwest, a little bit less, like depending on where they live charge accordingly which i was like that's weird but it makes sense though because like thinking of someone in california they have loads and loads of options as far as creatives they could work with and more than likely they're going to find someone who's one better than me but also they can always they're more so concerned about quality because they have so oh, much wow. quantity versus they don't want the cheap thing they want the i was I was taking you know that I mean? a different direction. I was thinking you're saying like cost of living, like you, you match your yeah. rates mm -hmm. to wherever the cost of living is, right. but you're saying like, Hey, like bigger markets, you got to be more competitive potentially. No, no. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying you charge more for those bigger markets. Like, like as far as people in California charge them more than you would charge, I would charge somebody here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know what I mean? Because of just the income that they have and more likely they're used to, higher rates and they would equate your higher rate as better quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And one, of course, the size of the organization is going to make a huge difference as well. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yo, uh, Josh Louder in the chat's talking about how like organization size definitely affects the experience. Do you want to riff on that for a second? Now, why don't you go first? Yeah, I agree. I mean, because we talked about like processes and having, you know, things set up, the bigger the organization, the more you have that set up, most likely, then when you have a smaller, no, smaller business or a smaller church, I think it's more of a personal, I think it becomes more personal versus transactional um, kind of relationship. That's what I've at least encountered. Can, can I ask a question to, to the rest of you guys? Just... Um... Uh, moment of solidarity because like something i've thought about a lot or i thought about a lot when when i was working for churches was kind of like the ethics of being a big corporation you know of course this is i don't know if you guys are tired of hearing this criticism of like why do churches have huge production budgets why don't they give the money to the poor stuff like that <laughs> yeah and i was yeah. always because i was sometimes i i had that feeling of like oh yeah am i like on on the bad guy's side right now 
Mm-hmm. Um, that and then also I've been in so many creative conferences where people say like, well, we have the best news ever. We we don't need a marketing department. We don't need a logo. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. but we also, also we have a logo. So <laughs> did it. Yeah. Did, yeah, this is a safe space, right? Did, do you guys this ever is feel so that? Safe. Yeah, this is great. That inner turmoil, crisis of conscience with your work. Yeah, I'll I'll go first if uh, to kind of set the the mood here. So, I whether it was whether I'm running a business or um, thinking about like in the context of church, I feel like you need to be responsible with uh, and try and do the most with the least. Like I'm a big fan of not wasting stuff. And I think that they're, you know, I always pull up like the Jack White quote of, you know, if I know I've got 15 feet of stage I need to cover, I bring an 11 foot cord. Cause like some, sometimes the magic happens when you've got those constraints. You're like, ah, I don't know. Like, you know, this thing costs $3,000. What can we do for 800? Like, I don't know. Star Wars was made by a bunch of like college students and like duct tape, you know? Um, and so I think that we, immediately jump into expensive, nice, shiny, um, in a way, like, again, regardless of like what the context is church or not church. And I think that that's leaving some, some great opportunities. Here's to your invite. Just keep the stash goes. I love it. Sorry. I got distracted by a Dustin stash comment there. Um, I don't know. You can't compete with Jeff stash though. I'm sorry. No, there is no competition (laughs) there. Jeff stash is rolling, baby. I'm pro rolling. Um, Appreciate it, homie. I've been been instructed to shave it before our Christmas photos uh, this weekend. So RIP stash might might have a repeat appearance and have it back in time for Christmas. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so that's kind of one of Josh's MOs is like, hey, charge a fair price, work hard, do good work, make money, like all that stuff. Um, but also like, again, if you're coming from like uh, a believer, like faith background, like God is an extravagant God, like he does go above and beyond. And he like, like is, is lavish in some ways. And does that mean we need a flying drum set and our soundboard should cost $200,000? Like, is that the, the God's expression of lavishness? I don't know. Like that's, I, I would personally really have a lot of like pause before I pulled the trigger on something like that. Granted, I don't wear that hat. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in charge of a tech team at a, you know, multi-million dollar church campus. Like, I don't know, like that might be a legitimate need. I don't know. It definitely is a terrible optic, but um, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it is I don't think it's as easy as like every dime that comes into a church should go to an orphan somewhere. But I also do feel squirmy and weird inside when I hear how much like uh, a Florida ceiling LED wall costs. And like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I want to see like a percentage breakdown of like, OK, how much are we putting towards our local community and like helping yeah. people impoverished abroad? And like after you hit a certain threshold, then you're allowed to spend that on yourself. I don't know. Like, it, yeah. is that is is that a weird moral justification? I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of my gut read on that one. I was going to say a story like a, um, our local church at the time, this is probably about 10 years ago. And the church itself, like where it's located is in like a low income area. Right. But the, it's a mega church. Like this is a church that we, we know the people, you know, from a long time. And it okay. was, it was so hard for my husband and I to digest this at the time because it was pastor appreciation weekend. And for pastor appreciation, the church bought pastor, a new brand new Raptor rolled it on the, on the stage. 
And literally in wow. the audience, there's people who can't afford groceries. Like, and I know that they definitely would like, but to me, I was like, I can't, I don't know. I just can't just like, like, I can't justify that. Like he has a nice truck already. Like he doesn't need a, you know, $150,000 truck. Like, I don't know. So I, I definitely, feel I can, like I can see both though. Like, that's the thing is like, I, I, I can put myself in the shoes of the person who can't buy groceries. And like, this is grotesque. And then on the flip side, I'm like, this pastor has the weight of the world on his shoulders. If he were in a, had a corporate job, it's not always true, but if he had a corporate job, what would his salary be if he were running an organization this sure, size? Sure. And, you know, what if he could afford a Lamborghini or whatever, like with this thing is said, he's like taking a Raptor. Like, I, I don't know yeah. if that's a weird justification. Yeah, no, and I'm or, not even saying, I'm just saying like, like, I can see both. And it's, so, there is such a tension right now yeah. with that conversation. And I'm not even saying like, if he, he afforded it in his family, like that's, I'm all for that. I think it was just more so because it was, it was from like people's, like it was the church's like funds, like for tithing that was Oof. bought the truck. You know Oof, what I mean? Like, so it's like that's mm. a, that makes it tougher somehow. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. It wasn't like, it was like I also wanted my church that if we make mistakes, like a printing job is bad and it comes with, with, you know, ink, ink is not right or something. I get more upset because that, some grandma somebody, brought part of her fixed income in, in to do church. that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am, I kind of agree, but I'm also very conscious of like, and our, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of a team that's very conscious of like every dollar that we spend is not ours. I mean, yeah, we tithe to the church as well, but like that's somebody's, you know, somebody chose to give that instead of going and buying something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it puts a different level of, another like another level of ownership on it like man this think, is somebody's this is somebody's mortgage payment that they're choosing to give here yeah you know and rely on faith that they're going to be taken care of mm. on the back end so it puts a level of like all right we got to make sure we nail it the first time mm. and yeah. so also mm-hmm. if that person is choosing to give that they deserve the best experience in return and mm. so they're not the only people giving there there are a lot of people in there that in most churches are this way that there's usually people that don't have a ton of money but most churches have somebody in there that's giving a ton of money mm-hmm. and yeah. they can't afford it. And a lot of that, a lot of these screens and stuff are being, being afforded by people that can't afford it. But we also serve the lowest income here in Baltimore. And we gave out literally like metric tons of food last year. And we report all, I think it's on every church to report that stuff at the end of the year. Mm. So you can say, Hey man, we have all of this stuff. Like our, our salaries are wide open, everything here's here's what we're paying staff here's what we're paying whatever you know like a gross total we're not saying this is what we pay luke this is what we pay whatever we just give a gross total and then we say this is what we gave to to the inner city of baltimore last year and this is what we did and so because of that i think each each church needs that level of transparency and it makes makes it when those moments that ashley's talking about happen it makes it a lot more palatable because you know okay that is a lavish gift but I am 100% in the camp that Josh said, if this pastor was, was pastoring a company this large, he would also be compensated that well. But I doubt the company would bring that onto the boardroom floor. They wouldn't drive a Raptor onto the boardroom floor. That's right, still right. a little garish yeah. uh, presentation. Yeah, I, think, I think transparency to the, to the church, but also expressing it to your staff that, hey, we need to nail this the first time because this is, this is not our money. This is somebody's, mm-hmm. somebody's money. That, yeah. you know. It's that it's that sobriety that you're talking about or like that responsibility, like the weight of like I can hear a, a justification for spending a large amount of money on a thing. Um, 
regardless if that's like to dig wells in Africa or hey, the AC unit's out and it costs more money than I've ever thought about an AC unit costing or whatever. Like you can argue all those things are luxuries, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's more of just like how seriously are you taking it? And, you know, I've kind of like played both sides here a little bit, but I also want to like definitely see both sides. Well, I want to say there are hardcore people who are abusive in church world and they are hiding behind a 501c3 and they are doing things that are disgusting and uh, like we all should be mad at that, like yeah. in church, out of church, whoever, like not OK. Um, but I do think it is really easy also to say you shouldn't have any nice things. You should be, you should live in a monastery and anything above that is unacceptable and mm. blasphemous. I Like there, there's got to be some some other spot. Yeah, I, mean, I say it's on us to do our due diligence on these. You know, I am I am 100 percent big on like checking it out because before I say yes, because I'm of the mind that you can make money anywhere in a lot of different ways. Um, so is it worth it to you and your conscience, Jeff? Like if, you, if you're dealing with this and it seems like you have a, a very good moral compass, like, hey, is this pulling me in a direction that I'm not really attracted to? It's on us to 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 do that due diligence, because probably a church that isn't super transparent is not going to reveal that to you on a call. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. You guys sharing that. I mean, Nat, if you want to share, also, I, I was just curious your guys' thoughts. I, I hope I'm not coming off too judgmental. No, this is great. Anything. This um, is this is exactly the like the hard hitting topics we cover on making a mark. Yeah, I mean, just one yeah. reason I was I was curious about it is because as I reflect on my own like client work, it's like I so I had this crisis of conscience that I just described with with working for churches, but. For, for some reason, like when I do work for secular clients, I'm like, I don't care about the budget, right? Like if I've never worked for Nike, but hypothetically, you know, if Nike spends millions of dollars doing a Times Square ad or something like that, it's, I don't, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. But mm-hmm. so, so so part of me wonders, you know, why, why that is, you know, why churches are, should be held to a different standard in terms of stewardship, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I think yeah. uh, let me just I think help uh, is super are, interesting. I think they definitely are. I feel like they both Josh and Luke, I think y'all mentioned some of that. What I feel that like tension of like we can in order to be in a healthy spot, um, again, I'm talking from like a church perspective, not just a designer. Like you we've seen historically of people not being paid within the church and like pastors like barely making it, you know? And I have family also in been pastors for many years and like have them see the struggle because they were not compensated like you know other businesses have been but also they're now in recent and more bigger churches there's the lavish the extravagant that i'm like i don't feel ethically okay with the way they're spending the money because like you said like some people don't have much and they're giving as much as they can so i feel like there is a responsibility because it's people giving you know especially um some who don't have much and I don't like when it's like expenditure just to spend. Let's just do for funsies. Um, and there's that like, let's find that middle ground where like, yes, we're compensating people, you know, like they deserve, but also let's be cautious with what we spend or like how we charge or, like. And so I feel like that middle ground is what we need to be. But obviously it's really hard to yeah. find because yeah, businesses are just sometimes they're just spending left and right. And, you know, it's, but the income, I think, is different or like the heart for me, at least. Is yeah, but I mean, I've even been a part of 
So there is some of you are, are familiar with the backstory with stuff with Vive. Um, thinking back to about this time last year when I was still drinking the Kool-Aid uh, and to give you guys some context, Vive was a church agency that was this time last year hiring like a lot of church designers. And I was brought in uh, and offered an amount of money that was uh, about double the paycheck I was receiving before. Mm-hmm. And um, like they, the numbers, the types of parties they were planning, the, the trips, the expenses, all the stuff was just like nuts. And like, if, you know, the stuff I was being told was true uh, and it, you know, I, there are agencies that operate this way, but even so I was like, um, wow, this feels weird that I'm getting to go to this trip and do these things when there are employees of this organization that are paid hourly and like might be in undeveloped countries. And yet I am having a dinner that costs more than my, you know, first car. Um, like that's, that's all business context. And I'm looking at, well, I mean, at the, the clients were churches. So it, like, a, there's an element of like the trickle down tithe coming to pay for that dinner. And I was like, Ooh. so I think I feel a little bit of that, like do what, do more with what you have, regardless of, of the, the, the status of your 501 C three organization. Like, I don't know. I think there's a time and a place to, to, to spend, but sometimes I don't know. I just get like an icky factor. I think maybe that's the Holy spirit or your conscience or moral compass or whatever label you want to give it. Um, I think that, that kind of helps guide some of those in between times. Cause I've also taken my wife to nice dinners and felt great about that choice, you know? I've also been mentoring some people this year that feel guilty about charging churches X amount of dollars and clients, not, not church related, but I have to say, let's say you get paid $30. You have to trust within yourself that what you got paid $30, they're going to make 60 and a good church would only spend $30. If, if it's going to make $60 worth of investment to the people as well, like a good, like I'm equating dollars to like spiritual investment, obviously. But like if they're only going to buy a good church, a healthy church is only going to buy this thing if they feel like it's it's needed and it's going to reach these people in their community. And a lot of these mega churches are buying it because the people coming there are expecting these things. I've, I've had a peek behind the curtain on a lot of these places and some of them are a lot, now, healthy, a lot of them are a lot. Now you're jumping into consumer behavior in church, which well, is a whole that, different well, bag of cats. A, there's an aspect of that, that we become a consumer reality now. And the message, right. I'm not foolish enough to think that the message, the delivery of the message shouldn't change with the times. The message no. remains the same, but the delivery methods have to change. And all of that comes with a cost. And the excellence expectation of people nowadays is a lot higher than it was 10 years ago, just because yeah. a lot of people can stay home and experience things that they've never experienced before on their phone. So why shouldn't church bring such an amazing experience? But I, again, going yeah. back to what I was saying, like if you're charging X amount of dollars, you have to trust that that client is going to make double that. And so my church in particular, I know we only spend it if it's going to be worth the investment to the people as well. And mm, so that's good. That's just, a I mean, it's kind of hard to prove ROI for, Souls versus making sales, but yeah, I got you. Um, Yeah, no, another kind of, you know, like we have kind of like this broad spectrum and then like, I know when this feels icky and I know when it feels great and I get to experience some of that on phone calls with clients because like I'm getting a seat doing brand work. 
I'm getting to sit down at like the family dinner table with leadership and hear the heart of the church. And I got to be honest, some conversations like I leave feeling kind of gross. And sometimes I will like figure out a way to get out of that project. And then other times I'm, I'm like, yes, this, like, I can't, I can't like put a metric on it, but this is what we're supposed to be doing. And most recently there was a church up in Washington that they, um, like they've gotten a nice facility or like decent, like they've, they've got a, a solid deal going on, but they made the choice to keep these uh, orange uncomfortable chairs. Like they bought them because they were the cheapest because it was an ugly color. And so they had these orange chairs in their auditorium for a decade and they're finally getting rid of them because they're getting worn out. It's time to replace them. But the pastor went in front of everybody and said, Hey, we're keeping these chairs and they feel uncomfortable to sit in because we're supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable to, in order to have, be able to reach and help and do more. And I was like, shoot, that's, that's, that's the thing right there. Like they're not intense in squalor. They don't have like shaved heads and like some kind of weird um, approach to life or like, like, I shouldn't say weird extreme approach to uh, budgets, finances, any of that. It was just a sober, healthy, like what, what if we pump the brakes? What if we didn't spend it on that kind of thing? Hmm. Um, and so like, you know, and they had a fire come through, uh, they opened up their church and like had people like stay in the church, which is, you know, like what, I think those are the stories that people are wanting to hear and see when they're scrolling through TikTok, like I was last night and see somebody pre- doing sound check for their Christmas production and they got the drummers flying through the air, yeah. like yeah. zooming through the air. Did you see that, Joe? Yeah. I was thinking about the flying drummer boy right when I was asking that question. For sure. Utterly hilarious. <laughs> And if you guys want to, I mean, I don't know if anybody needs more controversy and inflamed uh, social media comment threads in their life, but just scroll through that dude's stuff because he, he doesn't go to that church. The guy that posted the video doesn't go to the church, is not mad at the church, uh, was literally just like, this is a hilarious optic. And then you've got the teams just duking it out in the comments. And then they're coming after him in his other videos and they're like, bro, like I never condoned or attacked anything I talked about in the video. And you're over here like slamming, like uh, he's literally posting like a video of a rainbow in a parking lot. And he's like, oh, I thought y'all, rain, God, y'all hated rainbows. And, uh, and he's like, what are you talking about? It's just people get angry in a hurry. Everybody's ready to be mad at something. And I think a lot of times the answer is uh, both and, and it's not so much every, one side is completely wrong or the other. And if everybody just had a little bit more grace, I think we'd be in a better spot. If everybody could just be guests yeah. on episodes of uh, Making a Mark, we just get all however many seven billion people in the world to get on a Making a Mark <laughs> episode, we'd all get along. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should get the the people who work for um, that that church that did the flying drummer guy. That would be fascinating to hear their perspective. <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't be on the production team, but I'm sure they have an in house uh, graphic designer, right? Yeah. Yo. Cool. Yo, that's some real pain. <laughs> Putting some pain up on the, on the screen. Pulling an Oprah over here, getting like. Can I hey, say that uh, when I you was... just went through something devastating? Come on stage with us. <laughs> And I uh, say that I can kind of relate to the the flying drummer boy because when I was in high school um, at church, I was a flying angel and it was the same kind of thing. I was on a track. Like, so it was for our Christmas production. I was on a track and I would like fly forward and I had like my wings or whatever. And the funniest part about it is it was like a crank. So they would crank you out. And my cranker was actually my dad. And for whatever reason, like during the show, the crank got stuck. 
Of and course. I, I flew back like super fast and I hit the wall so hard. And I, it was terrible, but it was a funny story. So I was kind of relate to the drummer boy. It's fun. I mean, it's cool. All right, so so I'm, fun I'm games until someone gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm of the mind that it's impossible to uh, police system someone effectively because all I ever see or hear about is it going badly like that. <laughs> Spider-Man turn out the dark, the Broadway show. <laughs> I, think, I think someone actually died on that production. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yikes. Because yeah. it was a whole thing of like a Broadway show that was trying to create like the web slinging that you see in the movies on yeah, yeah, yeah. live just via pulley system and stuff. And yeah, it was a very, oh, very infamous. Oh yeah, you should look into it. There's you can watch like a whole uh, documentary on on YouTube. It was a very I've infamous. Got enough pain and sadness in my, yeah. in my production <laughs> feeds right sadness. now. Oh man! Sorry, these awkward pauses, guys, for the podcast. That uh, y'all need to go back and check out the the chats because every time there's a lull in conversation, I'm reading. I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm I'm reading, catching back up. On, we're just waiting on for the, you. That's what we're doing. We're just sitting. You're here like, oh, Josh, stop talking. What's going on? What do we do? <laughs> what what happens? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, guys, this has been a blast. I have I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Every episode, I love like a a, a child because one of my children because it's different and unique, and I love it in different ways. And this one has been utterly delightful. Um, we're gonna keep things rolling with our so far. Uh, what it would we started last week? I think this might be the second week, but we're gonna do an all draw. We're gonna make a mark together. Ho ho. We are going to uh, everybody get your, your pads and papers out. Guys, if you're in the chat and you want to join along with us, uh, y'all can actually DM your artworks to me on Instagram or send them to the uh, Making a Mark Instagram. And we'll include your doodles in the show as well. So what, basically what's happening is we've all got a prompt. And I think that prompt should be um, the business devil. So we'll have a devil and he'll uh, have whatever that means to you. I'm not going to I'm not going to prescribe it for you. Uh, we're going to set a timer. We're going to do uh, 60 seconds. And oh, man. Theory. You want more time, Ashley? What's an appropriate no, amount? No, no. That's a good amount of time, but I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, I have to make it a little more simple than I was thinking. Oh, oh, for sure simpler than you were thinking. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So you said a, like the, the devil of business. Is that what you said? The business yeah, of the, devil. the devil's business is the, the name of the show. Business. And so you're doing a doodle of whatever that like whatever icon you would make for that or like doodle and draw fat because it's going to be like scaled down okay. uh it's the devil's business or business with the devil or just draw satan colin in the chat is asking what the prompt <laughs> is <laughs> doing the devil's are business. we starting now we yeah, start? go, ahead and get a, go oh. ahead and get a head start i haven't started the oh. timer yet Oh, <laughs> I'm going to follow the rules like a good boy, though, and actually only start after the timer. But y'all do whatever you want. I think we're all going. I'm not going. Yet. Again, this is the most riveting part of the show for the uh, the podcast audience where we all quietly draw for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, but if you are listening to the podcast and you want to join along, feel free to mail in your comments to uh, or send us your little dude, this is looking a lot more like a cow than a devil. <laughs> I'm going to draw him with crazy eyes. <laughs> That's what he's saying. God, this is truly terrifying. 
You know what we need right now? I just realized the missing element for this segment of the show is music. Music. That is what would do the ticket for us here. Mmm, Tegusta. You're looking like a proper businessman. All right, guys, pencils down. Turn oh. in your paperwork. Oh, this show <laughs> is over. You wait, flip it. Are we going to each go through and show it? Or everybody? Yeah. No, everybody, everybody here. I mean, we can, uh, I'll minimize my guy. You can see, uh, <laughs> it just looks like a, it looks a like, a monster, like a Monsters Inc. guy. He does look more like that. All right, yeah. Show us your show us your um your screens, get or hold up your pads. I want to I want to see all the. So I didn't, I didn't get to finish business side. I only did the oh. one arm. I didn't. I Yo. Didn't equate for time. I, that makes that's that makes the secret sauce. Jeff, move yours to the uh to your right a little bit. Yeah. Okay. He's holding the pitchfork. Cool. Super that's nice. Funny. He looks like um. What's that show on? Loudmouth on Netflix. He looks like that style, like oh. the big lips and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to go for um, like cow and chicken. How the devil has the really oh yeah yeah, yeah. butt cheeks on that. Uh, Luke, yours is yours is so iconic. Total logo worthy. And I love Luke and Nat both did both went for a yeah iconic logo. Nat. Very nice calls, guys. Is that a Satan gargle? Yes, Josh, it is. And Josh, you better you better send in yours. Yeah, for real, if y'all message me uh, or message us on uh, making at making Mark Pod on Instagram, we will uh, and, and do it in a timely manner. We will include your doodles in the YouTube cover artwork for today's stuff. Guys, this has been a blast. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's going to be a wrap for today. Huge shout out to our guests for the episode. We'll have links for everybody in down in the show notes. Uh, but tune in live with us weekly Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. If you can't find the episode, just you can Google, you can YouTube search Bright Coal, or I think we're starting to show up for Making a Mark, but maybe not yet because we just renamed. Uh, and if you haven't already, follow us along at Instagram at Making a Mark Pod if you don't want to miss any details along the way. Like, share, subscribe, and share a link to this episode with a friend. Until next time, peoples, adios. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.